Would you please pray with me? Almighty God, speak to us again of amazing things, of a love that creates us, that comes down to us, that bears all things for us, and that will not let us go. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I know you worry about the world. I do too. I worry about the state of our democracy and threats to fair and free elections here and elsewhere. I worry about the millions of refugees displaced by violence in their home countries. I worry about the unchecked power of leaders and the lies that they spread. I worry that the climate is changing and that wars are continuing, that our data is being collected for someone else's gain. The list goes on. Each of you could create a litany of concerns about the world because the world is full of bad news. As we heard in the gospel text this morning, Jesus himself lays out a lot of bad news. They sound so catastrophic that the disciples imagine he's making predictions about the end of the world, the end of everything as they know it. The gospel writer Luke, however, knows that Jesus is describing here the terrible things that will happen not at the end of time, but simply in the future. And they do. Jesus and the temple will be destroyed by the Romans. Leading up to that, there will be wars and insurrections. Nations and kingdoms will rise up against each other. There will be natural disasters. And through it all, imposters will lie to the people to lead them astray. They will alarm the people, speaking about events as though they know what these events mean and how they will unfold. Just when it seems it cannot possibly get any worse, Jesus tells them it will get personal. You will be arrested. You will be thrown into prison. You will be hauled before the authorities. And no longer will they suffer secondhand all these terrible and terrifying things happening to institutions and people around them but now they will suffer them directly. The events Jesus describes are quite traumatic. It's clear from what he says that he is trying to prepare his people to endure them. By your endurance, Jesus says, you will gain your souls. How do we not only survive but also endure traumatic events? Princeton Theological Seminary professor Kimberly Wagner has been studying trauma. Last week I had the opportunity to hear her give a lecture on the topic. She has come up with this working definition. Trauma is a blow or wounding of the mind, body, and spirit that occurs when a destructive experience or event exceeds a person's or community's resources to process or assimilate the experience into preconceived 
frameworks of understanding. Professor Wagner explains that people are storied. We draw on stories that have formed us to help us make sense of the world. A traumatic event is the thing that we can't make sense of because it falls out of the scope of the primary stories that have shaped us. And yet, that traumatic event keeps trying to be made sense of. It keeps coming back, and in doing so, it can disrupt the connection between past, present, and future. In other words, the past we lived does not lead to the present we expected, and therefore it becomes impossible to imagine a future. A traumatic event throws into question whether the stories, beliefs, and norms that we relied on to make sense of our lives and the wor world are meaningful, safe, or comprehensible, whether they are worth saving. The traumatic events that, lead that, that Jesus speaks of in the passage we read today are collective. All of Israel will be impacted. Nevertheless, as is often the case, an event can be more traumatic for some than for others. For some, the event can feel like the end of everything. How do you endure that? As I was listening on Friday to veterans being interviewed on National Public Radio, I couldn't help but wonder, how did they endure? More than the rest of the nation, these veterans were up close to the traumatic events of war. Wars that were collectively traumatic to the nation were also personally traumatic for them. In such cases, what can a community do to help and hold them so that they can endure? Psychiatrist and neuroscientist Bruce Perry has studied trauma over the course of his profession. He has been on the scene of collectively and individually traumatic events, caring for city officials in the wreckage of the World Trade Center after 9-11, sitting with FBI agents and Texas Rangers after the ATF raid on the Branch Davidian compound in Waco, talking with district officials after school shootings. He has studied trauma cross-culturally and has treated hundreds of patients who have suffered from traumatic events, learning from them what has helped them to endure. In a book he co-wrote, What Happened to You, Dr. Bruce Perry writes, for thousands and thousands of years, humans lived in small intergenerational groups. There were no mental health clinics, but there was plenty of trauma. I assume that many of our ancestors exposed, experienced post-traumatic problems, anxiety, depression, sleep disruptions. But I also assume that they experienced healing. Our species could not have survived if a majority of our traumatized ancestors lost their capacity to function well. The pillars of traditional healing were, one, connection to clan, and the natural world. Two, regulating rhythm through dance, drumming, and song. Three, 
a set of beliefs, values, and stories that brought meaning to even senseless, random trauma. And four, on occasion, natural hallucinogenics or other plant-derived substances used to facilitate healing with the guidance of a healer or an elder. End of quote. It's not surprising, Dr. Perry says, that today's best practices in trauma treatment are basically versions of these four things. Unfortunately, few modern approaches use all four of these options well. Dr. Perry goes on to say that while the medical model focuses on psychopharmacology and cognitive behavioral approaches, it greatly undervalues the power of the other approaches, connectedness, rhythm, and stories. From his years of working with patients, he has learned that most healing happens outside of formal therapy, that most healing happens in community. He goes on further to say that intergenerational community is valuable to healing. To be around people who have different life experiences and are at different stages of experiencing life can help in our self-regulation of emotions. Healing also is helped by engaging in rhythmic activities. Those who exercise on a daily basis know the beneficial regulating nature of that exercise. Dancing, drumming, singing, breathing, these all help in the self-regulation of our brains, bodies, and emotions. When Dr. Perry speaks about stories, he focuses primarily on the personal stories of people's lives. Surely, the personal stories we tell about ourselves and our families are powerfully important in how we make sense of our lives and the world. As a Christian, however, I know that the stories of the Bible have been just as formative, hopefully even more formative than even those of my family, of my personal life. Our norms, values, and beliefs have been shaped by the stories we have heard and have told week over week throughout our lives. These stories are about hard realities, they do not shy away from the traumatic experiences of our ancestors of our faith, the passion and crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ, as well as his resurrection, play central role in the formative story of our faith. Professor Kimberly Wagner thinks that these stories of our faith shape us into a community of people that is particularly capable of co-regulation, not self-regulation, but co-regulation. You see, the stories of God's creation of the world and relationship to humanity and of Jesus' life, crucifixion, death, and resurrection have shaped us into a people who, like the psalmist, can say about themselves on the one hand, I trusted in the Lord and he was gracious to me. And on the other hand, I feel like a worm, less than a human. 
Like the ancestors of our faith who trod this way before us, we are tasked with living in this tension without any easy resolutions. Even though the disciples urge Jesus to tell them when the end will be and what the sure signs of the end will be, Jesus resists. Instead, he tells them, endure. Others, he warns, will try to lead them astray by claiming an easier resolution, by claiming that the time is at hand, as though the things that happen in history lead one to know the fulfillment of God's time. Do not go after them, he says. It seems as though in every generation, including the disciples and our own, major historical crises trigger catastrophic, even apocalyptic thinking. The guidance given by Jesus to his disciples is to endure. That Luke, more than Mark and Matthew, would stress this point makes sense. As a historian of the early church, Luke wrote his second volume, the Book of Acts, about 10 to 20 years after the catastrophe of the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple. He saw that these catastrophes did not bring about the end of the world and the church's role was to endure. So back to the question, how can we endure in the face and wake of traumatic events. As I was thinking about connection, rhythm, and story, I couldn't help but think about church. At church, I find all three present. Week after week, over the course of a lifetime, at church, one finds a sense of social connection, belonging, within a community made up of generations of people who are held together by shared norms, beliefs, and values that are formed by the stories it tells from scripture and the rhythms it practices in the rituals and songs of worship. Church is where I come to be reminded that nothing, no hardship, distress, or persecution, no catastrophe or traumatic event can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Church is where I come to stand and sit, sing and pray, breathing the rhythms of worship. Church is where I come to be with you, whose co-regulating presence I have come to count on at those times when the events of the world leave us feeling vulnerable, or off-kilter. May our endurance be edified by being church, and may our endurance be a testimony to the world. <laughs>